0: Well, howdy folks, welcome to Michael Perry's Voicemail, episode number 168. Out the window of my little room above the garage here, I can see lightning and hear thunder, although it seems like it's passing south of us and in fact might might already be gone far enough that you won't get to hear any of that thunder, which is too bad. It's cool to be in, in this little room with the trees all around and see the rain coming down and hear the thunder. Anyways, the episode this week, uh, a lot of times I'll go back and dip into one of my books and read a passage or read a brief essay, but this week I wrote a little mini-essay. Fresh, it's not from any of the books, and I think probably rather than explain it, I'll just dive right in. Lately, I've been trying to be a reader again. If that sounds funny coming from a writer, I too own a smartphone, and it's played the same mind tricks on me as much of the rest of society. Like the idea that unimportant things are suddenly important. Like the idea if I don't stay up to the second on the latest political vicissitudes of the times, they will grow ever more viscous when, in fact, hit and refresh like some runaway pump jack does diddly and, in fact, turns me into a pigeon perpetually pecking at the same poisonous ping-pong ball. So lately of a morning when I'm reassuring myself that I am impossibly and importantly busy and overbooked and deadlined and responsible not only for the electric bill, but also for redirecting the rotation of the cosmos, only to find myself tap and swipe diddle in the day away anyways, inhale reading electronic micro nuggets at light speed and retaining nothing but queasy unease, I've instead sat myself down with various thick and thin books and Read for my own edification rather than agitation. Hey, there's some of that thunder. I hope you can hear some of that. It's a rolling. So I'm reading now for my own edification rather than my own agitation. To be clear, I ain't preaching and I ain't cured. I like a lot about what the phone does for me. A lot of what that phone enables for a so-called ruralite like me. Among other things, it's my fire department pager. Although my original fire department pager never caused me to burn two hours watching people maim themselves doing parkour. Which I never would have even known about if not for that dang phone. But reading. Old school. On paper. Been doing that more again lately. This past week, I was reading a biography of Ralph Waldo Emerson when I came across a reference to a woman, and and by the way, I got no idea on the pronunciation here, a woman named Germaine de Stael. I'd never heard of her. On one hand, that's a reflection of the Worldwide Historical Boys Club, but just as much so my own ignorance in the literal rather than the pejorative sense, coupled with my inability to know everything, no matter what I say. Anyhow, I immediately looked her up on my phone and then ordered up some used books about her, which serves as some redemption for that touch-screened life-drainer. I haven't read the books yet, but they came in the mail today, and and the excitement I felt when I saw the package took me back to the days when library books would arrive at our farm via the mail. This memory was coupled with the excitement I feel in looking at those books, knowing I'm going to come out the other end of them no more perfect or pretty than before, but but with yet another perspective ground into the lens of life. I love that stuff. I love reading old books and realizing I've never really thought up anything new, and that's okay. It's the thinking on it. It's the pondering. It's the sitting quietly with the words on your lap. It's the forcing your eyes back to the placid page and away from the electronic overwhelm so that you might remember there has always been tumult in the world. And for some of us, our number one job is to be engaged and thoughtful and prepared, yes, but also to remain vigilant in the pursuit of thoughtfulness and softness and beauty and reflection because these things have survived all history simply because they've been tended to throughout all circumstance. For instance, and this is pretty tangential, but so am I, in the email accompanying this recording, you'll see I've linked to a song written for someone who's experienced a loss I cannot pretend to imagine, and yet can try to imagine, thanks to the ephemeral beauty the singer-songwriter has created. Only a fool would think something this gentle would survive the jaggedness, and thank goodness for those fools, and I hope at times to count myself among them. I hope this all makes some sense. I hope that conveys the comforting gravity I'm reacquainting myself with when I settle into an old chair with an old book. I hope you'll understand I still love a new book. I hope you understand I still read on my electronic reader. And I have read some of the chewiest philosophical material of my life on gasp, an iPhone, while sitting on a deer stand in the woods. I'm not here to spawn some print-only retro revolution. I'm just saying, hey, I've been reading some old books lately and it's been helping settle my head. You also know that I've been revisiting the marginalia in my library of late. This week I pulled out my two copies of Braided Creek, a collection of poetry by Ted Koozer and Jim Harrison. The conceit here is they both contributed poems without attribution, The idea being readers would be left free to concentrate on the art rather than the artist. It's a neat idea, but just between you and me, if the poem mentions teacups and a robin's egg, it's Coozer. If it mentions bears and sex, it's Harrison. It's a lovely book, though. I bought two copies so I could mark one up and read the other one pure. Today I'll reflect on three marginalia. The first is just an asterisk, which I placed beside what is essentially a single-line poem about snow. You can see my scribbled thoughts in the email accompanying this recording. In short, I was taken by how I was drawn to explain the same concept in my books Forty Acres Deep and Truck, A Love Story, but what took me pages the poet did with utter concision. It ain't about the right way or the wrong way, It's, it's just lovely. The relation of the nickel and dime stanza to today's episode is obvious. As for the wit of the corpse lines, I'm taken with the imagery, which is both morbid and goofy. But it also aligns with my recent thoughts on legacy, which is to say, as I read old books, I realize how quickly even prominent historical figures evaporate into oblivion or, and this is something I've been thinking about even more deeply lately, Their legacies are twisted to suit the contemporary needs of the agendas firing non-stop out of my phone if I don't let it alone. And I guess that brings me to a good place to stop. haven't solved nothing, as usual, but happy for an extra quiet moment or two with a book. Happy that you folks continue to tune in to listen. And then back to work and minutiae, but above all, lucky to be here. Oh, and as uh, regular listeners know, I ain't going to say goodbye. I'm just going to say what we always say up there where I'm from, which is, well, I suppose, forward.